A reading from 1 John, verses 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, you've led us here this morning. Give us grace to worship you. Give us grace to listen. Give us grace to praise you. And give us grace to go forth from this place ready to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend already mentioned our oldest granddaughter, Sarah. She's a junior in college. She lives in New Jersey, but as of tomorrow, she'll be living in Italy for several months. We have a grandson who is here this morning, Kieran. He just ran off to Sunday school. We also have two other granddaughters back in New Jersey. Rebecca is in sixth grade, and Sophia is a sophomore in high school, which means that she's starting to think about where she's going to college. She's starting that process. Those of you who've been through it with your children know all about PSATs and SATs and ACTs and college. You know all that stuff? Does this sound familiar to anybody? Filling out all those crazy applications? Reminded of the story of a young woman who applied to college but got discouraged when she read a question on the application form that asked, are you a leader? And she was an honest young woman, so she had to answer no. To her surprise, she received an acceptance letter from the college. The letter began, Dear Applicant, a study of the application form reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. Maybe that's because there are times in everyone's life when we are called to be leader, and there are 
other times when we are called to be followers. There's a story, probably legendary, about George Washington's mother. Someone asked her how she raised her son to be such an effective leader. According to the story, she replied, I taught him to obey. This story may be only a legend, but it makes a good point. If you're going to be an effective leader, you have to know how to obey, how to listen, how to follow. And if you're going to be an effective Christian leader, you also have to know who you are following. We heard in our gospel lesson this morning that a young man named Philip lived in the city of Bethsaida, which was in the province of Galilee. One day he met Jesus. He heard Jesus teaching and preaching, and he made the decision to respond to Jesus' call, follow me. Philip became a follower of Jesus. He became one of the 12 disciples. He followed Jesus all the way to Jerusalem, all the way to Christ's death on the cross, and even beyond. But Philip was more than a follower. He was so excited about this Savior who had changed his life that he had to go tell his friend Nathaniel. He found Nathaniel and said, Nathaniel, we found them. We found the one about whom Moses and the prophets wrote. And Nathaniel was skeptical at first, asking sarcastically, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But when he met Jesus himself, he also became a follower. He also became a disciple. And thus, Philip became one of the first Christian evangelists. The first to tell someone else about Jesus because he chose to follow Jesus and then to tell others about the one that he was following. There's a story about a missionary from Kenya who was given a car to help him make his missionary rounds, going from village to village to preach and to teach, to talk about Jesus and the Bible. After he had the car a few months, it refused to start. He didn't know anything about engines, but he discovered that he could get the car started by getting some boys from the local school to push it until the engine kicked in. Or he could park it headed downhill and start it rolling while engaging the clutch. The missionary drove the car this way for two years. Then he took a sabbatical back to the United States. Before he left Africa, his replacement came, and the old missionary showed his replacement the car and described the way how to get the car started. The new missionary looked under the hood. Then he said, Doctor, I think the battery cable has come loose from the starter. The new missionary reconnected the loose cable, got in the driver's seat, turned the key, and the engine went on. If we're going to be an effective follower of Jesus, we have to be in touch with our starter.
The great Christian reformer Martin Luther once said that there are two kinds of believing. One kind of belief is to believe things about God. There are things we can say about God. There are facts, encyclopedia knowledge. But Luther said that there is another kind of believing. Not only do we believe in God, but we put our trust in God. We bet our lives on the truth that there is a God and that Jesus is God's Son and our Savior. We surrender to Jesus. We follow Jesus. We tell others about Jesus. We believe that Jesus is with us and nothing can separate us from his love. The church today needs that kind of believers. The church today needs followers like Philip. There are plenty of skeptics around, just like Nathaniel, asking, can anything good for me come out of Riviera United Methodist Church? Can anything good for me come out of following Jesus? We live in a cynical age, a skeptical age. If we want to be effective leaders, and if we want to reach others with our message, we have to be courageous and we have to think outside the box. In his book, Faith for the Journey, the late Reverend Bruce Larson tells about a story about a factory that made drills. One day, the owner told the four vice presidents that he was going to retire and that he had chosen his son as his successor. At the board meeting, the son asked the vice presidents, what are your goals for the company for the next five to ten years? One vice president replied, well, we're looking at new sizes and shapes for different drills. Then the son dropped a bombshell. I have news for you. There is no market for drills. You could cut the tension in the air with a knife. He continued, from now on, we will not think drills. We will not sell drills. We will sell holes. People didn't want to buy a drill. They wanted to make a hole. As the son and vice presidents began to think of ways to create holes, they developed other methods, lasers for hole drilling. This and other innovations kept their company in business while its competitors lost shares of the market and some even went bankrupt. As Christians... We have to find new ways, like Philip did, to overcome skepticism and to tell others about Jesus and the love we experience in this church. So if you want to be an effective Christian, if you want to be a true follower of Jesus, you have to know who you're following. If you want to be an effective leader and a true follower of Jesus, you have to think outside the box. And if you want to be a true Christian disciple, you have to lead others to Christ. In his book, God's Downward Mobility, John Stroman tells of two men, Bob and Tom, who had been business partners for over 20 years. They met one Sunday morning as one was leaving and the other was entering a restaurant. Bob asked Tom, where are you going this morning? Tom said, I'm going to play golf. What about you? 
Bob responded, I'm going to church. And Tom asked, why don't you give up that church stuff? Bob was surprised. What do you mean? Tom replied, well, we've been partners for 20 years. We've worked together. We've built our business together. We've gone to all sorts of board meetings together. We've had lunch together countless times. And in all of these 20 years, you've never invited me to go to church. You've never asked me to go with you. So obviously, it doesn't mean that much to you. Is there anyone who could say that about you? Is there anyone you've forgotten or been afraid to invite to church? Is there anyone you need to invite to church? And are there new creative ways that you could follow Jesus by leading others to him? I want to share my experience of Riviera United Methodist Church. Last week, my first day here, a person came up to me, I don't even remember who it was, and said, I would like you to come to the Odd Couples on Saturday night. I figured she must know I'm odd. (laughs) So I would fit in. And we're an odd couple. And we're an odd couple. And then... I said, well, what do I have to bring? And she said, you're our guest, and we're going to have dinner. What she doesn't know is, I love to eat. So my husband and I went last night. We had a wonderful time. I have to say that if someone had not personally invited me, we probably wouldn't have gone if we just read it in the bulletin. The other thing that happened was to our son, Chris. Someone came up to him and heard him singing in the church and said, why don't you join the choir? What they don't know is that when Chris was a young boy, he sang in the men and boys choir of St. Thomas Episcopal Church on Fifth Avenue from fifth through eighth grade in New York City. And he went to school there. No one knew that, but someone came up and said, we would like you to join the choir. People just don't come forward and join things. They need to be invited. And I have to say, this church has done an excellent job with me and my family. Nathaniel discovered that Jesus was the King of Israel and the Son of God all because Philip followed by leading his friend to Jesus. What about you? Amen.